This podcast is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Amy Dunphy. Now this week in Washington... President Biden has felt the heat in many ways. One of them, the most notable one in in some respects, is the fact that the view the American people are taking about the conflict in Israel, the war that Israel has responded with to the October 7th atrocity committed by Hamas, the feeling is beginning to grow that the response with an estimated 11,000 casualties, 4,500 estimated, again, to be children, is not going down very well with the American public, in particular with Democratic voters, who will, of course, be very important this time, 12 months. And we're joined now from Washington by Niall Stanich, Associate Editor of The Hill, a very respected Washington newspaper, and White House columnist for The Hill, Niall, you sent me some very interesting poll numbers about the state of mind, if you like, of American voters, and particularly young Democratic voters. And the headline is, Biden's political problems on Israel rise along with the Palestinian death toll. America has given unconditional, and Biden in particular, support to Benjamin Netanyahu, But not all is well for Biden because of that. No, that's right. There is a lot of dissent and more importantly, maybe a growing dissent among younger Democrats, more left-wing Democrats, and also uh, non-white Democrats who have traditionally sympathized more uh, with the Palestinians than the Israelis. That uh, figure or that segment of the Democratic Party appears to be growing in size Um, One of the uh, poll findings in the the piece that you're uh, talking about, uh, Eamon, uh, suggested that 56% of Democrats now believe that Israel's military response has been excessive. And that was a rise of 21 points in a month. So you've gone from basically a third of Democrats to more than half of Democrats viewing the Israeli response as excessive within the course of a month. The first poll had been taken, obviously, in the wake of the horrendous grotesque Hamas attack, when people were clearly very sympathetic to Israel. And we see, almost before our eyes, 
that sympathy having uh, drained away, at least among Democrats, and a much greater or uh, tendency to sympathize with the terrible plight of the people of Gaza. Yes, and the poll found that 34% of Democrats disapprove of the way Biden is handling the conflict. And in America, the Jewish vote is hugely important. Traditionally, it's probably favoured the Democrats. Is that right now? Yes, by quite a significant margin. Um, Jewish voters typically go by almost a two-to-one margin for the Democrats. Yes, and the basic problem appears to be what Americans are seeing, which is what we're seeing and the whole world is seeing in terms of the destruction of Gaza, the number of children that are dying, the pictures that we're seeing, as I say, of people having to, being told, for example, to go south, to get away from the north, where allegedly Hamas has a headquarters, one allegation being that in the biggest hospital in Gaza, they have a network underground, and it's a command post for Hamas. And I must say, the pictures that they've put up to back this up are very, very unconvincing indeed. Mm. But the, the pictures that we're seeing are extremely distressing. I mean, I personally find them distressing, and I know many people that I talk to, regardless of their sympathies, and if they have no sympathy for Hamas, they still feel that this is vengeance, this is out of control, and it's out of all proportion to that, as you say, shocking initial attack by Hamas on October 7th. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, just the, uh, the I mean, the death toll speaks for itself and tells a rather grim story. But I mean, if you, if you think about it, even in the early days of this um, bombardment, you know, people talk about whether this casualty figure or that explanation can be believed. The Israeli Air Force, a few days, October 12th, so only five days after uh, the original Hamas attack, uh, tweeted that they had dropped 6,000 bombs in, in at that time, 6,000 bombs yes. on Gaza. Now, I don't have the comparison to the size and landmass of, of Dublin. Gaza is about half the landmass of New York City. Yeah, it's half the landmass of County Louth, which is right. our smallest county. Right. So if someone dropped 6,000 bombs on half of County Louth yes. and then claimed that they were doing their best to avoid civilian casualties, I mean, I don't think any reasonable Irish person or any reasonable person of any nationality would regard that as a credible claim. Is it going to be, in your view, Niall, a determinant or will it merely be one of the factors? Is it, as it were, definitive if Israel continues along this path for much longer? Does it seem as if attitudes towards Israel will continue to change at this rate, because America is funding this, mm. and Biden in particular, and to be fair to him, it isn't just Netanyahu, he has been a supporter of Israel all his political life. That's correct, isn't it? Oh, it is, yes. I mean, he talks about meeting the Prime Minister of Israel, Golda Meir, in the 70s when he was a young senator, and, and his support for Israel dating back at least that far. 
The question of will it be determinative is a really interesting one. This is, I would say, by far the most visceral issue that has split the Democratic Party during Biden's presidency. Yes. Like this, by its nature, is not a disagreement about how tax policy or how strong a social safety net you should have. This is a disagreement about a conflict that began with the killing of about 1,200 Israelis and has now expanded to the killing of more than 11,000 Palestinians. And the latter part of it is being underwritten politically and uh, with military hardware and financially by the United States. That has caused a real schism in the Democratic Party. Just subsequent to that piece that I sent you, I mean, there was a demonstration last night by... Um, Jewish pro-ceasefire groups, in other words, essentially left-wing Jewish groups, outside the Democratic National Committee, which was cleared amid some mayhem by police, and there's all sorts of accusations and counter-accusations over who was pepper, who pepper sprayed who. But, you know, it's starting to have, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but it's starting to have a little bit of a whiff of Vietnam about it, and, you know, 1968, and the, the way the Democratic Party split around that time, ultimately forcing or obliging the then Democratic President Lyndon Johnson not to seek re-election because he'd been so uh, politically wounded by his vigorous support for the war in Vietnam. Yes. So, I mean, it, there's a bit of that beginning to go on. Yes, a year's a long time in politics. Yes, you know, all sorts of unexpected events can intervene. But this is a serious split in the Democratic Party that if the election were held tomorrow would hinder Biden fairly significantly, in my opinion. Yes, and the statement of Netanyahu at the beginning of this four weeks ago was that this would be a long war. And now Gaza City is surrounded by the IDS, the Israeli Defence Forces. And one of the numbers in particular must trouble Democrats, and it is that 48% of non-white adults said Israel's actions had been too much compared to 33% of white people who felt the same way. Now, as you pointed out, and as we all probably feel, but you have the numbers, non-white Americans are much more likely to vote Democrat and vote Joe Biden mm -hmm. as they did in the election three years ago in 2020. Mm -hmm. So that figure alone is worrying because even if they don't like, say it's Donald Trump, they might just stay at home. Exactly. And that's exactly the danger. I mean, these are not people who are going to be appalled by Biden's policy on Israel and go to the Republicans. You know, that's almost never going to happen for people who hold that particular viewpoint. But the possibility that this is a a serious enough issue that there's a grave enough point of dissent for people to just not show up for Biden. That is a very, very serious topic. The White House has tried, uh, in a rather mild way, in my view, to modulate its rhetoric a bit, uh, talking about, for example, the protection of hospitals or the fact that too many Palestinians have been killed. But I mean, for example, it has never said that the $14 billion that it wants Congress to approve in aid for Israel should be conditional upon 
Israeli conduct of yes. that war. It has never even suggested that should be the case. So those sort of uh, elements of this picture, I think, discomfort uh, a lot of traditionally democratic voters. We know the election next year is going to be tight anyway. And so any voters that you lose are a serious loss, even if they just stay home rather than vote for the other team, so to speak. Yes. And there is a group called Justice Democrats and their communications director, Usama Andrabi. He says that despite Israel reportedly killing thousands of children and striking numerous medical facilities. The president, and this is a quote, has yet to call for a ceasefire. He refuses to even condemn these actions, and he still demands the Congress send $14 billion in military aid in weapons to Israel. I don't know, and I'm still quoting this director of communications for the Justice Democrats, we still don't know how anyone can accept that position where America is effectively funding what some people consider to be either ethnic cleansing or worse, a genocide. Yes, uh, and that's certainly, I think, how it would be seen among some of that group that Mr. Andrabi speaking for. Justice Democrats are uh, a left-wing group who were, among others, associated with the rise of Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, yes. as she's known. Um, but yes, I mean, sometimes I think the the debate over labels, you know, whether you call it a genocide or ethnic cleansing or yes. whatever, like 11,000 people are dead is, is the bottom line. Yes. And there are are more people being killed every day. And, um, you know, basically, uh, President Biden has supported that effort. I mean, I'm not saying he's celebrating the deaths, but he's not doing very much to uh, minimize them or to or to cap them at this, at this point. And so I think that's why there is such um, uh, discontent among more uh, left-wing voters, younger voters, etc. Yes, and I mean, to put it in this way, the Israelis and Netanyahu in particular, but their press spokespeople who are always in uniform or nearly always in uniform, they have a narrative which they're running and it is predominantly the narrative we're getting because Hamas don't come out to play in that way. But the, the narrative is really controlled by the Israelis to this point. Mm. But there may come a point, and this appears to be, when that's a turning point, where there is a turning point that will materially affect Joe Biden's poll numbers. Yes, I think it could. I mean, it's worth, I suppose, adding the caveat that there are an enormous number of uh, Americans who are pro-Israel and, and pro-Israel, you know, for, for the duration, as it were. Yes. But the problem is that Biden's poll numbers are so fragile as it is that any uh, reversal that he suffers is potentially determinative of uh, the whole ballgame. Um, so that's where the danger lies. I mean, just within the past two weeks here, there have been huge marches, one pro-Israel earlier this week, but one uh, the weekend before last, which was generally considered the biggest pro-Palestinian demonstration in American history here in Washington, D.C. Huge number of people uh, on the, uh, in downtown Washington. And, you know, obviously we've seen similar things internationally, including massive marches in London. So uh, I do think that 
the the narrative that the IDF would seek to put forward um, is not holding complete water. It's obviously persuasive to some people, but but not all. Um, there's one other thing, Eamon, I mean, it's a bit of a bugbear of mine, but just indulge me for a second here. In, the, um, in American media coverage, um, the degree to which this, the, it is quite right that the suffering of Israelis in that initial attack should be listened to and should be yes, honoured, and it was an outrageous attack. It was, and the biggest loss of life since the Holocaust and the Second World War. That has to be front and central in all our thinking mm-hmm. about this, but nevertheless. Well, and what I was going to go on to say was, while it is absolutely right that we should listen to the people who were bereaved in that atrocity, um, at least in the American media, the basic humanity of Palestinians is just not heard or honoured or sometimes even yes. acknowledged in the same way. Yeah, uh, Those kids who are getting killed in Gaza had, you know, they had dreams and aspirations and yes. all the, you know, anyway, it's just not, it's an unbalanced media landscape here often, in my opinion. No, and Netanyahu has used the word animals mm. to describe the Palestinians, and he's not the only one. And although he is an extremist, a right-wing extremist, he is not the biggest hawk in the cabinet that he's assembled. But we move mm. on, Niall, mm. because there's some fascinating developments are just in passing. Can I ask how the Chinese leader Xi Jinping, Mm. I saw a photograph of he and Joe Mm. together shaking hands and seemingly doing a little bit of business together. Yes, I mean, trying to re-establish some kind of more civilized relationship. Their relations have been rather tense of late over Taiwan, over various matters, the Chinese spy balloon here. Now, this meeting was an attempt to get things, I would say, back on an even keel. It wasn't considered something where there's going to be some enormous breakthrough. But the idea was Biden talks frequently about wanting to make America's relationship with China one of competition rather than conflict. And the fear was that relations had grown so chilly that it was raising the chances of some sort of catastrophic uh, miscommunication that could lead to all sorts of dire events. So this was an attempt to sort of settle that a bit more. I don't think it was exactly a a love-in. And in fact, Biden has caused a bit of a stir by reiterating his view, correct view in my opinion, that Xi is a dictator afterwards, but nonetheless trying to sort of establish channels of communication. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Now, to turn to a piece I read in the Financial Times, Alex Rogers, who's their correspondent in Washington and Brooke Masters in, in New York, they sent a joint piece to the Financial Times and it appeared this morning. It shows or declares as a fact Nikki Haley's very strong performances in the Republican presidential debates, winning over several of the Republican Party's big donors and other Wall Street figures. And some of them are big names that even I know, Jamie Dimon, for example, Mm -hmm. and other big heavy hitters who can make the difference because money does make a difference to the point where she may be able to be a credible challenge or provide a credible challenge to Donald Trump, who this week made a speech that really was a bit spine tingling or chilling Mm. when he talked about vermin Mm. and getting his own back and abolishing the Department of Justice and doing all kinds of pretty un-Republican or un-American kinds of things. What's going on there? Well, in terms of Nikki Haley, the big picture is that she appears to be on a trajectory to supplant our old friend Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, as the main alternative to Trump. Long story short, DeSantis has ticked down in the polls for months. He, He seems a bit of a busted flush, though, of course, things can always turn around. And Nikki Haley has been ticking up in the polls partly because of those impressive debate performances. It is no secret, I would say, that typically the more well-heeled and well-educated sectors of the Republican Party don't generally have much love for Trump, who uh, they regard, I mean, it's not even a matter of policy, they regard him as just too unpredictable and volatile and and prone to, you know, start going off the deep end at any moment. 
And so they would prefer someone in a more orthodox mold. And that's certainly true of Nikki Haley, who's actually, a, in my judgment, quite a talented um, politician. Now, as far as the Donald and his second term plans, um, it is certainly true that he has either been making speeches or there have been media reports of various rather um, vengeful plans, I would say, uh, as you say, to sort of exact retribution from enemies to make sure that a second Trump administration, if it arises, is not, uh, of course, in his view, uh, thwarted by um, sort of non-true believers, people who... uh, I don't know if this reference will mean anything to people. Uh, Tory, the Tories in Britain used to call them wets, people yes. who are not not full believers. Margaret Thatcher Mar- right. was, was fond of calling people who were, I mean, the, the equivalent in America was the Republicans in name only. Right, rhinos. Rhinos, yes. yes. But the yes. wets were people who wouldn't have the backbone to stand up and fight for good right-wing policies. Exactly, which I think is how Mr. Trump seems to judge almost anybody who doesn't swear uh, complete allegiance to him. I, the, the narrative, talking of narratives that has sort of emerged from Trump and his people of late, is that particularly the first part of his first term was sort of uh, thwarted by internal opposition from rhinos or from members of the so-called swamp, and that that is uh, not going to happen second time around if a second time around arises. Yes, and the the thing that Nikki Haley has got, and incidentally she was Donald Trump's ambassador to the United Nations when he first took office, but one of the heavy hitters in New York, a man called Eric Levine, told the Financial Times that Nikki Haley had quote, a muscular foreign policy, a positive view of America, a rational position on abortion, and, I quote, she's not Donald Trump who will lose. Now, these are the kind of guys who fund campaigns and who bring a lot of influence to bear. Yes, very much so. And, I mean, we probably don't have time to go through all of those points that he raised there. But it is true, for example, that Haley is much more interventionist or internationalist, however, whatever term you want to use, about the use of American power than Trump himself is. Uh, Much more supportive, for example, of aid to Ukraine. On abortion, she notes that she herself, she uses the term pro-life, anti-abortion, that that's her view, but that she doesn't... um, I mock or think badly of people who are pro-choice and she doesn't believe a national abortion ban is politically viable apart from anything else. So she has these things going for her in the eyes of that um, donor class, as it's sometimes referred to. The difficulty is that everybody is still trailing a long way in the wake of Trump in the battle Yes. For this Republican nomination, it depends exactly what poll you look at, but he has a lead of approximately 30 points. He has stayed away from all three debates so far, and that has not done him any harm uh, at all. And it is very difficult to see what would damage him with the Republican Party electorate, given how much we already know, which hasn't uh, damaged him Indeed. in any serious way with those people. Yes. Now, just two things before we go. I should say also that Nikki Haley was former governor of South Carolina. So so she is an experienced and able politician. And as Mr. Levine said, 
or declared in his belief that she would beat Joe Biden. And mm-hmm. that is a factor. What about the campaign of a rumoured third party candidate, Robert Kennedy Jr., the son of the late Robert Kennedy, who was, it seemed, likely to be the Democratic nominee before he was assassinated in 1968. There's talk, is there not, of a third party candidate emerging. The other fellow is Joe Manchin, the senator who resigned this week from Mm. the Senate. He's a Democrat, causing Mm. trouble all the time anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So he's no great, well, he is a great loss, actually, because it means that the Democrats have lost control of the Senate. But that's another another day's work. He's going to serve out his term, but I mean, his term ends next year. So, yeah. I mean, so so Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is running as an independent. It's funny, you know, we all, including me, talk about a third party candidate and we could end up with a fourth and fifth and sixth party candidate this time around. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is running as an independent. Um, He faces opposition from within his own family because he's regarded as a bit of a crank, honestly. I mean, he's he's certainly had dalliances with sort of conspiracy theories around vaccines and so on and so forth, has a very uh, pro, well, pro-Russia is maybe a little strong. He's sympathetic to Mr. Putin's view of the Ukraine war, I'll put it that way. Right. Um, then, although he's against the invasion, um, I would say that he, interestingly, seems to have the capacity to take almost as many votes away from Trump as away from Biden. Right. And it may be because of that conspiracy-mindedness. I can see why there would be some overlap there. Manchin has not confirmed he was running, but I don't think he would get great support if even if he did. A um, couple of other people just to mention very quickly, Eamon. Uh, Cornell West is a left-wing academic and activist here who is running now as an independent. He won't get massive support, but almost all of it would come from the Democratic yes. side if he gets any. And then the other person who has declared her candidacy is Jill Stein, who was the Green Party nominee in 2012 and 2016. And in 2016 was blamed uh, somewhat unfairly, but blamed by some Democrats for Hillary Clinton's narrow loss. All those people uh, could be in the mix. Extrapolating exactly the consequences of each one is um, complicated. But to to circle back to something you mentioned uh, in your question, uh, Nikki Haley, if she were the nominee, I think would beat Biden quite comfortably, actually, because she's she's unacceptable to much few, many fewer people than yes. is the case with Trump. So, yes, anyway. and just a final point on that. Jamie Dimon, who is a J.P. Morgan Chase chief executive, one of the iconic American bankers, mm. he is a Democrat, but he has held several phone calls with Nikki Haley and, quote, has been impressed with her intelligence, Mm. reasonableness, and open-mindedness, and he believes that she has the potential to bring the country together. Mm. And that phrase, bring the country together, may well, would you agree, Niall, have a certain resonance with a country that is tired of Trump, Mm. tired of the divisiveness that he's injected into politics and really that culminated in the January the 6th scenes, Mm. which I think many Americans who are decent people find really very, very upsetting. 
Yeah, I think that there is certainly an appetite for bringing the country together. I think that a lot of people are frustrated. American politics is enormously angry at the moment, and you see it manifest in almost every way. Now, the question, I suppose, is twofold. One is, could Nikki Haley bring it together, which, you know, one would have to be skeptical about looking at how big a lead Trump has. And the second fact is that there are just so many fundamental divides in American society. Yes. One says, yes, it'd be great to bring the country together, but how do you reconcile, for example, the large number of Republican voters who we've spoken about before who do not believe Joe Biden is a legitimate president? Where where does one find the common ground yes. there or in many other issues that are indeed right. uh, very divisive? And of course, the Speaker of the House of Representatives is one of those people who doesn't believe that uh, Joe Biden won the last election, and he's third in line now. So get your hard hat on now uh, <laughs> if, things, if things get bad. We're very grateful to you, now for joining us, as always, from Washington. Thank you very much indeed. Niall is Associate Editor of The Hill. We're grateful to him, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.